on the hearth right in front of our fireplace. Um, you know, we didn't put it there for, because we're in this theme. That's 24-7, 365 in our house. That rock right there. And it's, remember, that's a big, that's a boulder, pretty heavy. And, uh, but it sits right there for the very reason we're talking about here. I mean, every one of us have things that we can remember. And I'm sure there are times I pass by that rock and I'm not paying much. But there are times I also settle down in that living room and I look at that rock and I reflect. And uh, that's where we are today. We're remembering. You're going to hear a few th recollections uh, that I'm going to share. And uh, it's good for all of us to do. In fact, while I'm at it now, and I'll, I'll announce it again, this card, rather than uh, the exercise we did last time, which was very apropos, it didn't take me long to put about 12 things down in my seat a week ago. But I'm going to encourage you later again. And, and again, this is all about remembering. It blesses God when we stop for a minute, we pause, and there's an exchange rather than just our request. We, we acknowledge, and more to follow on that. Uh, we're in Psalm 77 briefly as we launch this morning, and we're going to look at a PowerPoint. I do want to say that Asaph, there were five worshipers, there, there were three worshipers that David assigned, King David. In the Psalms, we read you know, 150 Psalms. Five of them were assigned to this worshiper, a Levite worshiper named Asaph. And there were three worshipers, Asaph being one of them, a Levite worshiper. And, um, and Psalm 77 is credited to him, what we're looking at. I won't go through the entire psalm, but I do want to see, uh, I want to look at these four verses. And so let's look. It says here, uh, then I thought, this is Asaph singing, uh, uh, reading this, then I thought to this, I will appeal, I will this I will appeal the years when the Most High stretched out his right hand I will remember the deeds of the Lord I will remember your miracles of long ago I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds now that's 10 through 12 we don't need to worry about going to 8 and 9 but let me tell you what 8 and 9 say let me tell you what the prep just before that said it was he was so distressed he talked about it he goes I'm distressed I'm troubled God has forgotten, with a question mark, he says, has God forgotten? There's two or three statements he makes where he's distressed, he's troubled, he wonders, has God forgotten? And then he puts on the brakes from that flow. And that's important for us to think about for a minute. I mean, how many of us feel like he felt in verses 8 and 9? I'm praying, I'm not hearing anything, things seem to keep piling up, I don't know if he's hearing me, has God forgotten me? Can anybody relate to these feelings? You're praying, you want breakthrough, the situation continues, you thought there'd be breakthrough by now and there hasn't. And this is what he was saying in verses 8 and 9, and then, probably by the prompting of the Holy Spirit, and certainly for us, he, he deliberately stopped, he paused, and he said, wait a minute. Who knows how the thought flow went, but perhaps something like this. That mindset and flow is not doing me any good. Let me stop for a moment and let me say, then I thought, I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Now that's a good transition. And, uh, and it's kind of a sacrifice of praise in a sense. It's a straight up sacrifice of praise. But sacrifice of praise, the Bible tells us, does a couple of things. The first thing it does, it says God's well pleased with the sacrifice of praise. I've read it. It pleases our Father when we can do that. 
when we can stop for a moment and say, the enemy's had enough, he's running enough space in my head, enough. I am going to remember, I'm going to recollect what God has done. And especially in the midst of hardship. And it blesses, it blesses the Lord. So let's consider that. And I like his direction there. Your miracles, your mighty deeds, your power, you redeem. We could do that too. How many, how many places down the road, Pastor Scott and Cheryl did a good job last week talking about the, the, the Gilgal rocks or memorial rocks, such a good word. And that's what we're kind of building on again today. It's remembering, every one of us have a pile of stones as it were somewhere. We can remember when God met you, he delivered you, he saved you, he freed you, he rescued you, he provided for you, he healed you. And, and these are good things to remember. And uh, so as a result of remembering and recalling, Asaph was one, Jeremiah did this. When you read in Lamentations, as you approach the third chapter in the 21st verse, just the verses before that, Jeremiah was lamenting, Lamentations, that's where we get the title of that book. He was lamenting, he was saddened for Israel, for Jerusalem, and he was saying all these things, kind of like Asaph was doing. And then around verse 21 in Lamentations 3, he said, yet... I call to mind, I say to my inner self, the Lord is faithful, his mercies in you every morning. He made a shift. He made a shift. So he did, David did this. David encouraged himself in the Lord. I'm encouraging us to encourage ourselves in the Lord and, and crowd out the negativity. It could just be us, it could be other people, or it could be straight up the enemy, but whatever it is, it's a battle in the mind. And we can take those things captive. We can say, no more space rented in my head. And then we f refill it with the recollection and the memories. Um, encouraged, we encourage ourselves in time of need. We, t we too can and should practice this. It glorifies God and it drowns out the enemy. And so that's for us to consider as we move on. Um, uh, another idea here is, um, you know, I recently had along the way, uh, with Mary, some challenging, my wife Mary, who's very excited as we drove to church this morning. She's not in the congregation. She's, she said, I get to hold babies this morning. And uh, she was very excited. And uh, But as we drove to church this morning, um, we recently practiced. Mary and I had the month of October. Basically, we were in our home because, unfortunately, we bumped into COVID. You know, we had COVID for, for all of October. September 29, got a positive test, ran through October and uh, felt pretty good around the 17th of October. That takes me back to the last time I had the privilege of standing here. I felt great that morning, as strong as I had felt. My voice was clear. And uh, some of you know the story, and I'm gonna fill in the blanks here about that. But Mary and I went through COVID. We're on the other side of that, praise God. Um, but on the 17th of October, as many of you know, I stood here and shared the word and uh, was doing fine and stepped down here we had the closing song, had the mic on. Uh, we had a song, Pastor shared a little bit. And somewhere in that time frame, I went from being fine to having chest pain in my chest, eight on a scale of one to 10. I mean, it started at eight. It didn't creep from three. It was at eight, and it was on suddenly now in my chest, an eight. And uh, I, I paid attention to it for a couple reasons. One, being a 28-year fireman, I went to those runs all the time. Number one. Number two, I'm 62. Ten years ago, when I was 52, I had some mild chest pain. I'm telling you it was about a two or three, and they stented me then, and I've been great until eight. 
until number eight right there, 10 years later. So the shortest story is this. I walked to the sound booth. Scott and Jim were good enough to help me take off my mic. I didn't really say anything to them. I did look at that exit door right there, and I said to Scott, does that alarm go off when I go out that door? No? Okay. So I had an exit strategy. I'm going out that door. I'd love to visit with people, but that's not happening right now. And I went to my car and got in my car. A couple funny things. I'll just say it briefly. Philip, Philip Perkins liked one of my PowerPoints, and he came up, and he said, hey, Kelly, wait, wait, wait. And I'm thinking, I really don't want to wait. Philip, what do you got? And he said, I want a, I want a copy of that uh, PowerPoint you put up. And I said, I'll get it to you. And I, I, it's like, I need to go. And I got in my car. I rolled down the windows. I was chastised this morning in a very loving, and I felt, I knew it was full of love. It was, uh, I would say Division Chief Herbolt kind of told me is what he did. He came up to me and said, don't leave the building again like that. You let us take care of you. And that's legit. I, you know, so got in the car, drove down Foothill. That eight remained, rolled down. There was thought fresh air might dissipate. I didn't really have any other symptoms, but I was thinking anyway hit Crater Lake Highway at the intersection. I thought if I turn right and go home, it's too far. If I turn right and go to Sky Lakes, I'm concerned that might be too far. But, the, but, but in the two or three weeks prior, I kept going up and down Crater Lake Highway in the community doing business, and it was almost like that Nova Urgent Care had been highlighted. And as I was at the intersection, I said, Lord, I need wisdom, I need help, I need to know what to do right now. And I felt the question posed to me, what would you tell someone that was in your predicament? And my answer was, I'd tell him to get checked. And then I didn't hear any more. He just let it sit there. And that was, I got in the left-hand lane. I just got in the left-hand lane, light turned green, drove just less than a mile, pulled in the parking lot, grabbed my phone, grabbed my wallet, grabbed my mask, got the key out, locked the door, hit the two sets of glass doors, and uh, people were in the lobby. I walked up to the window and I ducked down and I said, I'm a cardiac patient. I'm having trouble, and I'm going to lay down on your floor right now. And I did. And uh, if I wouldn't have laid down, I'd have been down. I mean, I could just tell that's coming right now. But laying down kept me this side of consciousness, and they treated me with a number of things. The thing that blessed me is I heard Klamath Falls Fire come in in Code 3. And I thought, here come my brothers and sisters in arms. They're going to take care of me. And they did. And then they transported me Code 3, just lights and siren to Skylakes. And they put a stent in me. And Scott and Cheryl were good enough to help Mary get cars figured out and things negotiated. And I don't like being in the hospital. Who does? And uh, they stented me. And uh, the next day at 2 o'clock, I got to go home. And I thank God for that. Amen. Yeah, I praise God. I praise the Lord. I praise the Lord. Um, I'd like to look at a PowerPoint that's fitting here. It's uh, Psalm 68. And by the way, you're going to see a number of these today because you know I've been advocating for our scripture notebook, right? Right? I've been, I give them away sometimes. And uh, so this sister has one. Nikki, you showed me yours recently. And uh, the ladies, when they gathered, gave a, almost 100 of them away, you know, on, on this premise. So you're going to see a number of these. And I purposely, we could have used straight up PowerPoints that didn't come out of the notebook. So I'm asking for grace for my printing that it will look okay. And the other, but I wanted to keep it because it's, it's, uh, it's displaying or demonstrating kind of the way you do this. Amen. Look at this one here. 
Blessed be the Lord who bears our burden day by day, the God who is our salvation. God is to us a God of acts of salvation, and to God the Lord belong escapes from death, setting us free. And you'll notice that salvation, acts rather, and escapes are plural. We were saved when we said yes to Jesus and the Holy Spirit came to live in our heart. But salvations don't end after our conversion. It's just the beginning of saving acts in our life throughout our walk with the Lord. Amen? He, he, he exerts his saving power in our life. I mean, what I just shared with you is one example of that. Let, let me share a couple of others. There'll only be two others. Um, and this is fitting. It seemed like me bumping up against this stuff was, you know, I was born on 5-27-59. My mother was 44 years old, already had had three kids before me. My sister Janice was 21 when I was born. My brother Mickey was 20. My brother Danny was 16. I'm sure they thought they were done. And when my dad was 42 and my mother was 44, there must have been a conversation where my mother said to my dad, guess what? <laughs> Praise God. I'm blessed by that, obviously. But at, at, at about eight, eight months pregnant, she was walking across the street in Inglewood, California, down in Southern California, four foot 11, full of the Holy Spirit. And she got hit as a pedestrian by a car. My mother did right then crossing a crosswalk, someone blew the light, hit my mother, broke her ribs, her shoulders, her nose, and perhaps there was something wrong with the baby too. And a lot of firemen I work with, when I tell them that story, say, that explains a lot. <clears throat> but um, praise God, God brought for my mother and I escapes from death and acts of salvation and, you know, she raised me in the things of the Lord. She's the one that prayed with me over my meals. She's the one, when I was a boy, would tuck me into bed and pray with me. My father and her gave me my first Bible. So, um, but, you know, early on, I mean, from the get-go, you know. And I can remember a time, uh, and war stories would be fun to tell, and I won't take you in all war stories, because we've all got them, and they're interesting to tell. But one in particular, when I was born, one in the middle of my career, more recently, the one I shared with you, in the middle of my career, and there's so many I could share, I just had to pick one. But um, a, a fire outside of Santa Rosa in a modular building, it was like a double-wide modular, they burn quickly. Once they start in the interior, they burn very fast. And we got dispatched to it, and um, at some juncture, they burned so quickly, it was more overhaul than suppression. You know, it was more really hot spots and putting them out than really saving any structure. But I was walking through the building at one point with full turnouts and a breathing apparatus on, and I was walking through, and I stepped on um, something in the floor, and it felt like I'd stepped on a beehive. And, I, I, and the utilities hadn't been secured the way they should have been. The electrical live hot wire on the floor was underneath. And, you know, you have rubber boots. You got a steel shank in the boot. You got a steel toe on the boot. You know, I don't know. I just know this. With whatever insulation I had, I'm here today to tell you about it. And, and if there had been any breach in that, it had been a done deal. You know, God truly, truly, and it's for all of us. He told, you know, unbeknownst to us. How many times just unbeknownst on this off-ramp? Don't go yet. Go now. You know. I'm delayed at home, but you never understand that he's such in the mix of that. These are things we can remember, even things we don't know. We're just here to say we're still here. 
and he's preserved us, right? He's the preserver of our life. And so we consider these things this morning. Um, as I've had the opportunity to encourage us to read and review the word, again, I want to share now some more from my notebook. So I think the next one I have, uh, and I want to say this. This month of October that Mary and I had, we have certain ways that we can respond when we're down. It's like, sorry, you're, you're going to have to be inside. You allow yourself to mend, you know, insulate yourself from... Mary and I purpose then to pray together. To sit. We do that anyway, but we, we had an opportunity to do it a whole lot more. We got closer during that, and we're close already. But we, we would praise the Lord, we'd read the word, and we did a lot of praying, and not just for us. And uh, here's some of the verses that I meditated on and not limited to the ones you're going to see. And I'm not going to park on any of these and expound on any of these very long at all. But it is an opportunity for you, if you have a notebook, to write down some good words. Because I've been mining. I like to use the term mining. I've been mining and digging and finding numerous blessed promises from God. And I want to encourage you to take note on some of these. I mean, I've been, I've been mining. I might as well, you know, add these to your notebook, too, if you feel so inclined. But again bear with my printing but but look at psalm 54 4 it says surely god is my help the lord is the one who sustains me and i put us because i like to include my wife when i'm doing these the lord sustains us and keeps us alive i mean what a promise i don't know about anybody else but i have to tell you a word like that excites me you want to know why it excites me i take it on its faith value its face value i believe that word i believe god meant it when he had he made sure it was in the book amen let's look at some more Oh, Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you, you uh, restored my health. Hallelujah. Psalm 30, verse 2. He restored my health. I cried to God. He restored my health. Let's keep going. We'll go through it quickly. Psalm 103. This is popular. What a marvelous text here. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies he fills my life with good things my youth is renewed like the eagles what a great word so here's how that works for me here's how something like that works for me <clears throat> because i take a notebook or two that are now filled and i probably have three or four filled but i'll, I'll pick two i'll go in the recliner the tv stays off it's just me in the recliner and i just take that and I just start reading whatever promise it is, and not only do I declare it, but I thank God for it, and I, I do two things. I pray it, that it would be living and operating in my life. I decree it as living in my life, and then, and, but I also make a statement into the invisible realm that it's a living word on my behalf. You know, I just decree it, and, and I've, I've read somewhere that there's life and death in the power of the tongue. And how much more when you're decreeing God's word? I mean, I think there's life and death irregardless of what we're saying. But when you're incorporating, we have a real responsibility with this blessing that God gave us. And then to do it according to his word, to me, is like there's a synergy. Not only are you doing it just to speak life, but you're doing it with words of life. And I believe there's a synergy there. I just simply believe it. And it's what God, God says about his word. Let's look at a couple more and we'll, we'll shift. But... Uh, Nahum 1.7, the Lord is good, a strength and stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows, recognizes, has knowledge of, and understands those who take refuge and trust in him. Wow. I mean, if, if it's in God's book and he said it, I thank him for that, but I also speak it. 
and uh, not just once a month. I mean, I, I'm telling you, if we're making these declarations and prayers based out of the word once a month, I don't know that we're going to see the effectiveness of it. I think there needs to be a regular proclamation and declaration and confession of these promises he's given us. And so there's another. Second uh, Corinthians 1.20. You know, for as many as are the promises of God in Christ, they are all answered, yes, so through him we can say our amen to the glory of God. Now, let me just uh, unpack that just slightly. Uh, for as many as the promises of God, we're talking about the promises of, I'm remembering, this fits with the idea of remembering. I'm remembering this morning what he wrote, and not only am I viewing it and reviewing it and recalling it and speaking it, but as many are the promises of God in Christ, if you're in Christ. If, see, this isn't unfortunately for everybody, but when you're in Christ, then, then this covenant promise with the Father, where we're co-heirs with Christ, we can begin to speak because we've been adopted into the family of God. Do you track with me on that? This, this has to do with being children of God, sons and daughters of God, the Father, co-heirs with Christ, and now that we're in Christ, the promises are yes, meaning, who, who's saying yes? They're God's promises. God is even saying yes to them. And as we read them and say, God, thank you for putting that promise in your book. I pray it, I decree it. You're saying yes to it. And you know what we're saying? We're saying amen to the promise. At the bottom part it says, you know, so through him, we, we say amen to the glory of God. That means you're in agreement with these promises. Praise the Lord. I, I am so blessed by these wonderful promises of God. Uh, two or three more, and we'll shift. <clears throat> Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you, and I will carry you. I will sustain you, and I will rescue you. Oh, my gosh, is that a word? Does that excite anybody else? I mean, that promise right there, I'm down with that. I want all of that. Amen? What a word. Psalm 34, 17. The righteous cry out, the Lord hears them, he delivers them from all of their troubles. It doesn't mean this side of heaven, we're not going to have troubles. But he hears us when we call and he delivers us. He's also a deliverer. And then uh, Job 10, 12. You gave me life and showered me and, and showed me your unfailing love. My life was and is preserved by your care. See, I read that and I say, God, you, Job's talking about it and you're no respecter of persons and I'm saying the same thing and I thank you for it. And then finally, finally, um, I'll just say this. Um, it's not a PowerPoint. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. I think we'll look at it later. But 1 John 5, 14 and 15, and I'm paraphrasing now, but it says... We have confidence, if we're praying the will of God, that God hears us, it says. And if we know that God is hearing us when we're praying, it gives us confidence to know that if we're connected and he's hearing us, he is responsible and then faithful to send the answer. We have confidence to know that if he hears us, the answer is coming. So my, I guess the question would be, how can I pray and know if God is hearing me? Well, one, we want to be current. 
We don't have un, any undone business. There's nothing unconfessed. We're walking currently with him. That's the first thing. The heavens are not brass when you're walking current with the Lord, number one. Number two, how else am I positive that I know the Lord can hear me? Well, my gosh, if, if it says if we're praying his will, this book is his will. He's the author of the book. So when I'm praying his promises, I know he's hearing us. So there you go. You're set up. It's a, it's a blessed setup. Amen? It's very important to note, this is, I felt very strong about the Lord laid this on my heart. It's important to note, this is not a formula, this is not a recipe. This, is, this, this ought to come from relationship. This has to be relationship. It's not like, oh, I've learned a trick to come in the side door of heaven and get things answered for me. You see what I'm saying? So I know that as I've become more aware of this, even in the last couple of years, and I'll, t I'll say this, as I sat in Pastor Scott's office with Mike and Mindy recently and Caleb, and, and we were huddling and talking about the message and various things, uh, Mike said something, and it brought conviction on me. I said, that's very convicting. I, I don't think he knew. But he kind of was saying the same thing as we were talking about promises of God and those sorts of things. And he made some statement akin to what I'm sharing right now about, about the importance of our seeking God and asking him for things and being in contact with him should be less, it should be a whole lot more than just simply finding the way for things good to happen to us. It ought to come from relationship and the good comes from the relationship. And, and when he said that, I actually said out loud, I said, that's convicting. And I, I, I turned to the side and thought, I need to be sure that I'm doing this out of intimacy and relationship with the Lord. Amen? Even, even with these promises, and they're good. They're for us, but our motive, our heart, it's about relationship. I want to emphasize that this morning, too. And, you know, intimacy, it's us before God saying, into me see. Into me see. I am not hiding anything. And, and Lord, um, just... Go ahead and scan me, and if there's any, any way in me that's not appropriate, make me aware of it so I can, you as the potter can shape me into what you want me to be. I'll tell you what, if we, I'll tell you what, if we will do that and say to God, and that's kind of a scary prayer, and I've prayed it before. That's kind of a scary prayer because you know what? He answers that. He shows you. And sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, I didn't even see that, and I'm embarrassed that you've lit that up, but I'm blessed because you love me enough to light it up. And, you, and he's so gentle. He so gently walks you through that. But I'm telling you, if you really want, that really sets you up as well for the goodness and blessings of the Lord. Um, so God directs our pathways. He, here's another example. I said I was going to share a few testimonies. Here's a short one. Um, I was bivocational pastor uh, for a good part of 25 years. Uh, in 2009, I retired from fire, and I continued to pastor until 2020. But I got hired in the fire department in 1981, and then in 1995, began pastoring. So from 95 till 2009, I did both. I was bivocational, fireman and pastor. And uh, I also was in my career, and, you know, I was a probationary firefighter, and I, draw, uh, I got on a hazmat team. I was on a, um, a squad that responded to accidents and medical emergencies and all sorts of things. But at one juncture... I wanted to promote to the office of captain. And so I started taking those tests and I'd always finish in the top three, which guaranteed me an interview with the chief for promotion. And um, all these junior guys were getting promoted past me. Other young guys kind of getting promoted past me. 
and and I was an acting captain for a total of 10 months on every shift in the department. So I was being used. I mean, I, was, I, I thought, man, you've trusted me with acting the position, but responding. I thought it was mine, and that never happened. And I remember, I, I, the short story is, I just simply remember seeking the Lord and, and, believe, and hearing, that's not for you. That's not going to happen for you. And I, I just thought, am I hearing that right? And, and then... I was on eligibility list, and then we moved from that eligibility list exhausting and then new tests coming up over a period of, you know, four years or so. And uh, I wasn't pursuing it because I felt the Lord, but other young guys knew that I'd finished in the top three. They would come to me and say, can you talk to me and help prepare? That's not an uncommon thing. You visit, you prepare, you talk about interviews and all sorts of things. And two or three of the guys that I would sit with and help prepare were getting the nod. They were getting promoted. They were getting the badge. And I remember one day in my dining room at 1858 Cooper Drive in downtown Santa Rosa, in my dining room, see, you remember things. That's kind of a Gilgal, too, when you're that precise about when God did something very specific. And there I was in my dining room, and my phone rang, and it was one of the guys I helped that secured a position, and it was Tony Marks. And he said, hey, I just want to thank you, Kelly. The chief just called me. I got promoted, and, man, you really spent time with me, and I wanted to let you know. You're one of the first guys I'm calling. And I thought, well, isn't that great, Tony? <laughs> Somehow I mustered, you know, hey, I'm happy for you, bro. God bless you. But I was struggling. And so after we got off the phone, I did something I've never done before. It's kind of unusual. I, my Bible was zipped closed on the dining room table in front of me, and I said, Father, 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 three times. I said, I want to know if it's okay. Maybe you meant it's not Santa Rosa. Can I pursue that position in another agency? And I said, I'm just asking to hear from you. Now, that was my flesh. He'd already made it pretty clear. And as soon as I got done with that prayer and that request, I had a scripture shoot across my mind like an arrow. Luke 13.5. I just went, whoa, that was like an answer. I didn't, I didn't kind of, you know, I mean, I heard. So I unzipped my Bible, and I, I went to Luke, and right in the margin was 13, and then 5 started right there. I'm going to show you what I saw in my Bible. That's what I saw. <laughs> I tell you no exclamation point. And, and you know your response? That's what I did. I laughed because I, I said, that's unmistakable. And, 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 but then you know what I had after that? This is what I said. I said, yes, sir. I said, yes, sir. I mean, I felt that firm word and came because it was, and I'll tell you, I've already told you. This has been your own volition here. This is not part of my plan for you. Let me tell you why. Because as an engineer, which was my position, I could get off after a 24-hour shift, put my coat on a hook, my helmet on a hook, I could walk out the firehouse, and I could be on what we call four days. I had four days off. And I could come back and pick that stuff up and knew how to be an engineer. And there wasn't any demand in between. But if you're a fire officer, as I could say to that brother right there, and to John Herbold and, and Neil, uh, some of these men that are beyond, uh, you know, they've moved up to the ranks, it, it, it it is on your days off. You are preparing a class. You, you are considering a drill. You are considering reports. It's a demand. God kept that door closed for me 
But it wasn't until the church, the four-score church I was going to said in October 15th of 1995, we want you to pastor this four-score church. And see, I couldn't have done both. God, who sees everything, he saw from a perspective and said, this door is opening up you to be a lead pastor. There's no way impossible to have done both. Amen? So, um, you know, we need, when the Lord speaks to us, I mean, I yielded to that. And I just said, I, you know what bothers me is the other side of that verse says, the, the continuation. That's why I took it out. I don't like what it says, but I'll tell you what it says as, as it continues. Because it's part of 13.5. I mean, I wish you would have said, I wish you would have said 13.5a. I would have loved it, but he didn't. He said 13.5. You know what 13.5 says? And unless you repent, you too will perish. So I thought, you know, I think he meant pretty much the first half of that, but I asked for forgiveness too. I did, because I was pushing, and his plan was realized. And his, can, his plan continues to be realized, by the way. Amen? So um, you and we, we remember Paul and Silas. I'm, we're not going to go there. It's quick here. But right, Paul and Silas were imprisoned, deep in the prison, and what were they doing at midnight, Paul and Silas? Yeah, they were praising the Lord. I mean, these, these guys had every reason. Now, that's a sacrifice of praise. They had they'd probably been beaten, whipped. They certainly were in the deepest part of the prison. I'll tell you, when you study that, it wasn't a pretty place deep inside the prison. It was, it was worse than being on the peripheral. And they were deep inside. They were jailed. And at midnight, which that, that's, there's a reason it says midnight. God's communicating something to us. At midnight, the darkest time, the weariest time, the time where uh, light is the farthest amount away, it seems. They were praising the Lord, singing to God, thanking Him, singing hymns, praying and praising, it says. And we know what happened. There was an earthquake and the prison doors opened. And as a result of praise, even a sacrifice of praise, God said, you've gained my attention. I see your need. And I'm bigger than keys and locks and jailers. And God opened it up, and they, they had an opportunity to be set free. There were some other wonderful things in God's economy that occurred. People got saved. But the short of it is, for our purposes today, especially sacrifices of praise changes circumstances. I want to say that. I think when we're going through hardship, it's kind of like Job's friends were saying, look at God, he's abandoned you, curse God. And what did Job do? Job said, no, I'm holding my ground. I won't curse God. And look at the restoration that came into Job's life. And we're in the greatest of times. Let's not be pulled by the enemy to complain and murmur and groan, but to remember what God has done, shift, and watch what God does as we remain in that place. Because with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. So that's what happened. Um, I want to say this. Reference the cards for a moment. Uh, you know, Mary and I were homeowners most of the time we are in Santa Rosa, but after we empty nested, I said, you know, we could go live in the parsonage at the church. And the short story is we did. We moved into the parsonage the last handful of years we were down there. And one Thanksgiving morning early, while I was at the parsonage, I said, I'm gonna, I said to Mary, I'm going over to the church. Thanksgiving morning, I took my Bible, I walked to the sanctuary, I sat down. I was just spending time on a Thursday in a late November, uh, several years ago and at one point I grabbed a piece of paper and I thought I'm just going to write down what I'm grateful for and I wrote, I, I wrote things and then I counted I go there's 21 things and you know what every one of us could write down 21 things we're grateful for easy in the big picture but I wrote down 21 things and then after I wrote them down and I did them kind of in an order 
And then when I wrote them down, I went back to every one of them, and I stopped and talked to God about what I was so grateful for, for each one of those things, just how, what it meant to me. And I, I spent time recognizing God, acknowledging God. This is what the Bible says to do. Acknowledge Him, recognize Him, thank Him. And I want to encourage us that today's exercise with this will be as, you, as we make our way back home and sometime between today and Thursday, or at least at the latest sometime on Thursday, that you write down 21 things. You know, you could take a couple of cards, but I'm just encouraging you to do this exercise. Write down 21 things. I don't know, I like numbers too. I like seven, I like 14, I like 21. They all seem to be biblical. So just pick 21, it shouldn't be hard. And then spend some time in that exercise, really recognizing, remembering, and thanking God. My mother, as growing up, my father died when I was 13. Um, and so it was my mother and I. And, um, but even before my father passed, she, my mother used to say this, Oh, Kelly, we have so much to be grateful for. Pastor said that earlier. I heard him right here. I thought, man, that's the same line my mother used to say. He said it just like that. He said, we have so much to be grateful for. We have so much to be grateful for. Don't you know it's true? I love the fact that my mother put that in me. She would say it enough that I thought, she really means that. And I get it. I get it today, obviously. We, we all remember. Now, we all remember Philippians 4, 6, and 7. A lot of these aren't PowerPoints because I want to move through them quickly. But we remember Philippians 4, 6, and 7, right? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Make your requests known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen? We're familiar with that passage. Now, I've shared this aspect of that passage before, but it bears repeating. You've, you've heard it. I've said it here one other time, but it definitely bears repeating. Thanksgiving thanksgiving it says make your requests with thanksgiving and i just want to say that if you took a pressurized can of whatever it is that's under pressure and you hit that button on top and your product comes out do you know sometimes as much as 90 percent of what's inside that can is propellant and the active ingredient sits on top of that propellant and so too is it in prayer that we make our requests with thanksgiving. Now, I'm not saying 90%, but at least 50-50. That we ought to express thanksgiving. Really express. Take time. Write down 21. I'll tell you what. We'd be surprised. And it's not always fitting. If we're driving down the highway, we hit black ice and we're spinning, you probably could forego the thanksgiving and scream for help. That's okay. But when we have time, we're purposed about saying, ah, thank you. Thank you for X, Y, Z, and A, B, C. And when I'm done expressing my gratitude, I want to make requests. See, that's, that's where it comes from intimacy. That's where the formula is gone. That's where it comes from, I recognize who you are. I recognize you were in that. I'm so grateful for it. And you spend time doing it and say, and while we're there, here's a couple of issues that are going on, and I trust you to intervene and help me with them. Amen? This is remembering. I even thought the title for today's message could be Remember to Remember. Amen? And that's kind of what the Lord's saying to us this morning. So um, just another couple of minutes here, and we're wrapping up. But under the guise of remembering, many of you recall when I shared the testimony about Mary, her illness when she was four. This is 18-plus years ago. So I remember that, and, and her health was in peril, but praise God, we're here to praise God about that. You've heard that testimony. 
but um, I want to say the final testimony. After that happened, 18 plus years ago, we came through it. Mary got the all clear. Her hair was growing back. I was taking breaths of exhalation and decompression. We'd been through really a war. And uh, as we came out, 18 months later, all of a sudden, I would hear my wife and she started coughing. And I thought, hmm, I don't like the sound of that. Because that's what was happening the first time, 18 months prior. And I just thought, ah, I'm trying to feel that, but I'm having difficulty hearing that. I didn't say anything to her. And I could tell my BP was elevating. I was anxious. And I went to bed one night. We went to bed and went to sleep. And I had a dream. God gives dreams. And um, I had a dream. And in the dream, uh, I was at an airport ticket counter talking to a man in a uniform for an airline. At, and it wasn't a ticket counter that comes right off the curb. It was the one deep into the gate inside the airport. So I'm standing at that counter in the stream, and I look at the man, and I'm standing there, and he's like on a keyboard, and he's not looking at me, and he's typing. And I wish he'd look up, and he didn't. So I said, excuse me, and he looked up, and I said, are we on this journey? In my dream, I asked him, are we on this journey? And he said, hang on, let me check. And he started typing. And he looked up, and it's like, I want to hear and I kind of did this, and he said, I said, again, I said, are we on this journey? And he said, he said, I don't know. And he points over my shoulder, and he says, go ask mercy. And so I looked, and Mary, my wife, was standing some feet away, and there was a woman, an entity, it looked like a woman, standing next to Mary. And so I, in the dream, I, I walk over to mercy, and I say, are we on this journey? And Mercy has a clipboard, and she starts flipping through papers, and she said, nope, have a happy Thanksgiving. And I woke up, and I laid there, and I thought, God, you didn't even owe that to me. That's just the grace of God. I was so stressed, so anxious, so concerned we were going to go through what we went through 18 months ago. And the goodness of God, that song is so fitting. All my life you've been so faithful. And he, and it's just, as, in that dream, it's as if the Father just put his hand around me and says, I see what's going on, and I'm just going to give you info that will just release you. And I woke up, and I laid there, and I went, God, thank you. And in about three days, that cough was gone. Praise the Lord. Go ask Murky. And I remember laying there going, what do you mean Thanksgiving? We're not even near Thanksgiving. And it was kind of like the Holy Spirit said, just give thanks and be happy about it. And I go, okay, I get it. <laughs> let's, close, let's close with this scripture. Psalm 50. Want to look at the PowerPoint, please? It's Psalm 50, 23. You've got it, you've got it on there for me. Look at this. This is NIV, Psalm 50. Verse 23, look what it says as we wrap here. It says, he who sacrifices thank offerings honors me, and he prepares the way that I may show him the salvation of God. Now let me tell you, that is a nugget. Do you, hear, do you see what that says? He who sacrifices thank offerings. This is about remembering. He who sacrifices thank offerings honors me, 
And as a consequence of giving thanks to God, somehow, some way, in a spiritual principle and dynamic, it prepares the way for God to intervene in our circumstances and exert his saving power in our life. Let me tell you, that passage is a cousin to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Acknowledge me in everything you do, and I will direct your paths and straighten things out. That is saying the same thing. I want to charge us as we're in this series, finishing up 2021 and stepping into 2022, let's be people who praise God, recognize God, thank God, acknowledge God, even to the point and up to and in the degree of sacrifice of praise if it's necessary, because it gives God somehow the way to open things up, step into our circumstances, and experience the saving power of God in our life. Amen? That's what the Lord wants to say to us today, and we receive it as a word from the Lord. Amen.